Here we go. So, so the shear that uh, we want to try to understand today is the we just went through the fast of Asar Bateves. Asar Bateves is really the third of three very bad days consecutively. The Gibor in the, in the end of Masechus Megillah says that uh, when the Torah was translated into Yivoni, three days of darkness descended to the world. Masechus Sofrim says that this was more difficult than the day of the golden calf. Because it could not be translated sufficiently. Not be translated sufficiently. What what does that mean? Um, first of all, we know that the translation of the Targum, Targum Unculus, the translation to Aramaic, is nothing terribly tragic associated with that day. Um, the Yivani seemingly is a better language than Aramis to translate the Torah into because the, the Gemara Megillah learns out that Sefer Kodesh can be written in Yivani they can still be imbued with the Kedusha of Sfarim even though they're written in Yivani and then finally the whole comparison to the golden calf seems uh, a little bit blown out of proportion. You know, the, the, the golden calf. Well, what's the what's the comparison? If it's coming to tell us how bad it is, golden calf is perhaps the, the worst event in human history. You know, uh, second to maybe only the original sin, right? Um, so I have to understand that. The three days of darkness. It's it's interesting interaction. On the one hand, we have the translation of Torah. With the translation of Torah, three days of darkness came into the world. That's uh, the Torah was translated to Yuvonis and Ches Teves. That's Ches Yud, Ches Tes and Yud. But on the other hand, the Mesechus Sofrim. Sorry, Megillus Tainus. Because Tainus says, list each one of them as having its own independent tragedy. Ches was the translation of the Torah into Yivonis. Tes was the Ptira of Ezra HaSofer. Like we say in uh, like we say in Slichus, those that understand the words that are being said in Slichus, right? Is, uh, and uh, and then on the other and and finally and then finally on Yud was the anybody. All right, what happened on Yud? Forget the wall. Siege was starting. What? The end of the siege. They breached the walls. It was a guess. No? Oh, man. Come on, guys. You're going to argue on Ari? 
That's a bad idea. They encircled Yerushalayim. They didn't break the walls. The breaking of the walls was... Litzareinu uh, was... Shvasar Batamus. The beginning of the siege of Yerushalayim. Yes, good. So Dan, Dan is voting in with... Uh, with Ari. Yeah. <laughs> it means Yerushalayim was encircled. Yeah? That's... Perhaps you should have given this year yesterday. Okay. Um, the truth is, is uh, it was a little bit of a last minute thing. I just realized we had to do it. We had to talk about it. Okay. So, so first of all, so we want to understand two things. We want to understand what's so tragic about the translation of the Torah to Yivani. We want to understand what's so tragic about the death of Ezra Soker. He was a very big tzaddik, but you know, a lot of very big tzaddikim died. Um, we don't. It's, it's not a. It's not a tragedy that's described as a darkness coming into the world. And the Yerushalayim was encircled. You know, it was a strategically a part of a war. It's not a great situation to be in, but um, where's the fundamental you know, change that takes place when Nebuchadnezzar encircled Yerushalayim? Yeah, that's question number one. What's so tragic about all those three events? And how do they all work together? Question number two is, here too looks like it's three separate events. And yet the Gemara Megillah says that it was with the translation of the Torah into Yivoni the three days of darkness descended into the world. Sounds like it's all the result of the third one. So first of all, just to understand, also terror, so we'll start Yivoni. <laughs> The, exactly for the reason that Yivani is a language that's shy to Chochmah is why this translation was fundamentally different than the translation of, of Targum. This was a translation, first of all, for the Goyim, not for Klaus. It was to be kept in the Library of Alexandria. They wanted that it should be the Library of Alexandria should contain all the wisdom, including the wisdom of the Torah. Which means it was a symptom of the wisdom of the Torah. It was a constriction, tremendous limitation. You took the Torah from being a Torah Hakadosha, where the Kutzul Shul Yud can be darshan, and now it became a book of wisdom, like like thousands of other books of wisdom in Alexandria. Oh, they describe what? Because it's just situated no, there and left there, or because it's no longer being utilized? But it's, it's because it's not Lashon HaKod. Don't say that kind Because it's not Lashon HaKod. Yivani can only bring out one particular facet of the Torah. But to say that this is the Torah, that's a kurva. There's no problem with learning the Targum. As long as it's presented as a, as a listen, here is a Targum. Here is a, a Targum is like a Purush. Here's a particular look at the Torah. It's presented as the This is the Torah. We've translated the Torah. This is the Torah. Right? As I was saying, inherently when we're learning Torah, we're learning the Targum. 
everybody whose first language is English. Your realm of understanding, your primary medium of understanding is English. You have to translate it into the English words. Well, if you say it like that, then to a certain extent, everyone is learning in Telugu, even Hebrew speakers. Yeah, so then because they have to take, they have to be bullshit the words and extrapolate the meaning from inside the words, and really thinking about the meaning, not the actual word itself. So how's that different then? So what? Because at the end of the day, the Torah is meant to be. And here you 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 drastically, in, almost infinitely, shrunk down the Torah Shabbat from being a Tirufei Osios of the, of the Shemos Havaya Boruch, permutations of the divine names of things that there's no end to what you can get out of it, to a uh, to a translation that has a simple meaning to the words, and that's the end of it. And that being the starting point for learning is the issue. For, for that being the starting point for learning is the issue. And it would be a problem if there was Targum as a If there would be a Targum in many different languages presented at the same time? Yeah, you had the Torah as well. It's all about the attitude. Here the attitude was, this is... This is the Torah. This is not. This is not just a you know, a, a, a face. This is this is the Torah. And this was the Septuagint, right? The original yeah. Septuagint. Yeah. Why do Why do we care what the Goyim? What? Why do we care what the Goyim think? First, we know that's not ridiculous. We know that's that's ridiculous to say that. Yeah. First of all, the the. Uh, Many started using it. Many the Egyptian Jewish community, which was a big community, were, were using it. Um, and uh, and uh, even the fact that it, there exists such a thing in the world, the fact that that the Chachamu were forced by uh, by the Yevodim to do such a thing, it means there was a tzimtzum that's done to the Torah. It's also pre. It's pre. writing down the Mishnah, right? Yeah, that's different. That's Torah Shabbat Peh. No, but even then, that, we're talking about a time where there's just the Torah and people are authorship and teaching it to the public. So if you now have a means that the public can access it on its own without any parish whatsoever, is that a problem in of itself? The equivalent of when they translated, I mean, Lahabra, I mean, listen, so the public could, could, could have always picked up a, a, a Hebrew Torah and read it and, you know, give it a shot, right? <laughs> it's not the deprivation of Torah Shabbat Peh it's the symptom of Torah Shabbat Shabbat and the two shots of the golden calf is what was the tragedy that happened with the golden calf the tragedy was is the Lucas and Rishonos were broken that's the Avodazar? It's not Avodazar, it's an intermediary. Plus your even on their, on their level. Even the Avodazar itself, we're going to see in a second what it meant. We're going to correct it. But Lucas' shows were broken, and they were left with Lucas' knees, which is a symptom of the Torah. That's our motion in Maybe we could also add that the Egil itself is a tzimtzum of the Merkava of Hashem the divine chariot it was a tzimtzum of Moshe Rabbeinu's relationship Maral says why where is the tzimtzum 
It's going from the Markava to the Yeah. Yeah, because there's someone knocking on the back door. Because the Maral says that the divine Merkava, one of the faces on the Merkava is a shore. And when Klausel saw that, they brought it down. They brought it down into this world, and it went from being the shore on the Merkava to being a little eagle. Which means they took something that's a part of something great and they concretized it into something small, something you, you, you can wrap your hands around it. Same thing with the Torah. And they also only took one aspect of it, right? But it's a symptom on top of symptom, true. But the point is that if you left it over there, that would be okay. But if you want it down here, you have to make it small, it should be pocket size. Right? It should be. I take the idea and make it much smaller. And now. No, no, they made it small. They made it smaller, so it could be down here. It could be something that they can manipulate and, and, and interact with. Ideally, doesn't there have to be a way for there to be an interaction between the lower world and the higher world? Yes. Derek Avolda. Where you don't try to drag God down here or his Torah, but you realize that this is something that's so great, something so far beyond. People that they want to, right? People that really learn, what they do is they learn the real Torah and they break their heads over and over because they know there's something incredibly great in here. Other people, they'll just, uh, they'll just pull a translation off of the shelf, kick back on the couch. And and read it in in uh, right. That's that's a symptom. So that's all. That's all. The targum. That was the that was the last thing to happen. The one before that was what. The death of Ezra Sophie happened on Tess. Right? That was Ezra. The Gemara says Ezra was Malachi, the last of the prophets. So with the Ptir of Ezra is the end of Nebu and Klaus So what's the symptom aspect? The symptom, the symptom is that man's relationship, man understanding, being able to tap in to the Tzalem to the, to the, 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 the greatness of Anavi can directly relate to Hashem, can, can directly relate to, to, the, to the godless of the Merkava. He can see the Merkava, he can experience it. He can, he can, he, he's awed, right? I get the reduction part, but what took its place? In, in the previous cases, there was always a symptom for one thing. Now it's just the absence thereof. Absence. We don't have anything. If you want, okay. If you want to hear a pacha, there is something that they replaced. No, Ruch Kodesh left with that also. Baskol continued, but Ruch Kodesh left. Gemara says. Ramosha says that again the 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 the, the um, 
Megillah's Tainus says that the ninth is the reason it shall not be mentioned. It doesn't say what it is. The the sadness of the ninth of Teves is the reason it shall not be mentioned. What happened on that day? Everyone knows. We're not going to say what happened on that day, but you know. I don't think I know. So the Mephorshim say there was the birth of Yeshu. Because he did exactly that. So once man can no longer relate to a big God, you know what he does? Makes a little God. He can no longer relate to a kale. So he makes a lilim, little god. A lilim is a diminutive form of kale. Made of a little one, you carry in your pocket. A man, a buster of a dumb, flesh and blood. Has he died on the night of Davis? Yes. Possibly literally. Okay, we have eight minutes. I want to make sure to bring this, this rooster home. I want to, so let me just try to start the drop late. Um, and finally, if you shall I being in circle, Pasuk says, Yerushalayim is not meant to be simply a place of Talmud Torah and of Avodos Hashem Kedusha. It's meant that from there it's supposed to spread out to the entire Eretz Yisrael. That was Yerushalayim was okay. They were still fine in there. It was a circle. They're okay. But it's not having the global impact that it's meant to be having on the entire country. It's the capital. It's the capital. It's supposed to be Kimitziu Tesis Torah. Right? Udvar Shem Yerushalayim. It's supposed to go out from there to the rest of the land. It's supposed to spread out. So now, here's what happened. We know that the world stands on three pillars. Before Shem explained that when we were in the Midbar, we had the Mon, the Nuskus of Moshe Rabbeinu. We had the Anonia Kabbalah, the Nuskus of Aaron Cohen. And we had the, the Be'er, the Nuskus of Miriam. These represent Torah, Avodah, and Yudh With the Ptir of Miriam, the Be'er disappeared. Moshe Rabbeinu brought it back by hitting the rock. With the Ptir of Aaron Cohen, Danoya Kavod disappeared. Moshe Rabbeinu brought them back. What? I believe so. I have, to, I have to check for a source for you, but I believe so. So the fourth that many say is that inside the Amud Shel Torah, you can find, if you dig hard, it's not natural, but inside the Amud Shel Torah, you can find the Amud Shel Avod, the Amud, and, and the Amud of Yudh Hasad. Now, now, listen to this. Listen to this. This is a, a Chiddush. 
But I think it's very consistent with what we've been saying. Three things happen. First, Anasari B'Tzlaim was a circle. In the circle Yerushalayim, the, the, the regular people that are living in Tel Aviv, in Haifa, in, uh, in Be'er Sheva, regular people, they're usually, they're doing things, usually their lives were impacted, were transformed, were enlivened with the Torah that came from Yerushalayim. I mean, the plain action of the, the regular people, the Amaratsim, were impacted from Yerushalayim. Now Yerushalayim has been cut off. There's no more impact on the on the everyday mice on the news of Saudi. There's been a symptom of that. Right? Then with the tear of Ezra Cipher, there's a historical of the of the Tsalamulukim of man recognizing the greatness of God because he recognizes his own Tsalamulukim. That's the Buah. So that so now that's gone. But still we have the Torah. But with the Targum of the Torah into Yivoni, now one day of Hoshe comes down, three days of Hoshe come down. Because because all three, meaning the Torah was staying, was holding up the whole thing. When the Torah goes through its symptom, then all three come crashing down. Now, how... This is obviously the, the you know the fast the fast that we're all the world feeling the world going through. So I was thinking to myself, Yidden all around are struggling in three fundamental ways. They're struggling with frustration with their jobs. They find them boring, unfulfilling, overwhelmed, whatever it may be. They're struggling with self-esteem issues, and they're struggling with not having a gishmak in learning, not appreciating the learning. These these parallel these three perfectly. If if the Torah that I learn, which is like Yerushalayim, were to spread to every nook and cranny of my life, whatever I'm doing at work, whatever I'm, I'm doing the dishes at home, I, I'm driving somewhere, I'm picking it, the Torah permeates everything that I do. The equivalent of the way that things were with Yerushalayim before it was a circle. Then people would be frustrated about their jobs because 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 what do you mean I'm doing Rosh Hashem? I saw recently a picture of a yid sitting in in Europe with a huge uh, a shoemaker. He's sitting there with a little hammer fixing shoes. With a, with, with a smile, with a huge beard this big. It couldn't possibly be a more miserable job than that, except for the fact that, he, what do you mean, what's the problem? You're a big beer merchant, I uh, choose, what's the difference? I'm doing Rosh Hashem. But once you Shalim has been in circle, the Torah is in the base midrash. It's not in, it's not permeating people's lives. So they're depressed. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to do this job. If I'm making ten million dollars, okay, that's worth it. But to be a regular guy, why would I want to do that? That's that's that's, that's boring. It's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, I can't. I can't bring myself to do that. Self-esteem. I'm not. I'm not this. I'm not that. I, I, I don't. I don't. You know. I'm. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not successful. I'm not a smart guy. No one values me. All these things. 
Because you don't recognize your own Salam Alakim. If you were, if you directly related to Hashem, if you are a novice, if you understood what you are, if you understood what Hashem is, if you understood that relation between the two of you, there's nothing to talk about. You know you're a Salam Alakim? You know that? You know you're capable of Nevoa? Currently the time is such, but theory, but technically you are capable of Nevoa. If you were to be, you know... And then finally, and then finally, is... You're not getting Gishmak out of your learning? Do you realize that this is Dvar Hashem? Hashem is talking to you? Do you realize that Hashem is talking to you? This is not some, some Yavoni Chochma dry, you know, some, some dry book. This is Dvar Hashem talking to you. But, but because we've gone through these Tzimtzumim, through these three darknesses, these three depressions of where the Torah is first encircled inside the base midrash, it can't get out into your home. It, right? It can't. It can't permeate your life. It's not being allowed by the Yvonne, by, by by Nebuchadnezzar. And the Nebuah has ceased with the with the Ptir of Ezra cipher, where we can't recognize our own Salam Alukim, and instead it's replaced that Hashem's Salam is, is replaced with that of the image of a man. And then finally, the fact that the Torah has been translated to Yvonne has been turned into a dry wisdom, a bookworm, enjoying it, but not not people, not living people, it's not Dvar Hashem, so, so, so it's miserable all around. So the takeaway is, number one, Torah should pervade every aspect of my life. What I learn should be enough communal to everywhere I go. I carry it with me. Number two, I have to learn Torah with reverence, with a realization that there's a divinity here. And finally, that the Torah is deep, that the Torah is really, really deep. I have to, I have to recognize that, I have to break my head. A million things I want to say right now, but...